This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. Our goal is to become energy independent again. Then the government's got to be fully behind that. And when that happens, that's going to be enough to turn things around. Sure, it may take a year or, or maybe even a little more than a year to get those gas pumps filled up the right way, to get things going. And the cost will be a little higher. You know, when you shut things down and restart them, there's a cost to that. So it's going to be a little higher, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to set us apart and keep us out of that circle that Putin seems to feel some control over. And I think with Biden there, that's pretty much how he felt about the United States. He felt that he had some control over us because he could say, hey, I'm firing up my nuclear people. I'm getting them ready. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden canceled a nuclear test that was planned for over two years now. And he said, oh, he doesn't want to shake up Putin. Come on. How much can you get on your knees in front of our adversaries and our enemies? You can't do that. That's not who we are. We're stronger than that. We're bigger than that. We're tougher than that. This is the United States of America. He wears black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio. His name is New York Mike and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. Hey, it's Bike Week 2022. And I got to tell you, it's insane. Okay, so we're going to talk about all the politics, everything going on. It's all there. But what really is a phenomenon is, and I love talking about motorcycles that I never do. I love talking about Harley Davidson's that I never do because there's so much other stuff going on. But now, There's been a convergence. There is, because with everything going on, here I am, I come out to Bike Week, I'm going to talk about my trip out and all that stuff, and I find it's the busiest Bike Week I have ever been to. I've been coming here since the 70s. It's packed, jam-packed, no hotels. You cannot get a room at the inn. I don't care who you are, and I know a lot of people. And I had people call, I called them up, hey, Jay, what's going on, Mike? I'll, I'm, let me make a few calls. I'll get you something. Boom. Coming back. Nothing. Hey, I can't even believe it. So, sold out. And by the way, I got here Friday. The bike week officially starts, I think it's Monday. So, it's insane. And to top it all off and to make it even worse, the rooms are so damn expensive. Look, I'm used to paying a lot more money during bike week than you Hey, otherwise, so you're traveling out and it might cost you whatever, a hundred bucks a room on the way out. Maybe a little more. I don't know. But when you get here, <laughs> even if you had your room for three months, you know, all booked and paid for because they, they want their money up front, it's still going to be 250 Hello? No rooms for less than 350 bucks. That's it. 400 450 500 I mean, and that's it. And they're booked. Every room is taken, okay, at those numbers. And I'm telling you, the rack rate 
when we leave town, well, I don't know about spring break. I guess we overlap with that a lot. But I doubt that these college kids who want so much for the government to pay their student loans are going to be laying out anything there, that kind of money. So I don't know. I just think it's insane. So I come out. I got a lot of friends out here, obviously. And one of my friends is this Mike, who's been in the Navy for 19 years, stationed up in Jacksonville. I know him from San Diego. He used to be stationed in San Diego, and we did a lot of stuff. We raised a lot of funds for military organizations at San Diego, Harley Davidson. Mike's a, a busy guy. Not only is he like, what, E6, E7, but, you know, he's also an active guy who's he's a cabinet maker. Anyway, he got transferred here to Jacksonville, Florida, about six years ago on the USS Milwaukee. And he contacted me and said, hey, Mike, it's named, it's the Milwaukee. Why don't we have all kinds of Harley stuff in it? So we did. I made a bunch of phone calls to Harley Corporate, and the motor company sent a whole bunch of stuff. And I had my guys from San Diego Harley. I'm pretty sure John Ray was one of the you know, ringleaders in just redoing the chow hall. And I think they told me the barbershop. I haven't been on the ship. But we did it with Harley signs, Harley everything. It, it's really cool. So every year I come out to Daytona, and Mike meets me and a bunch of his friends. 26 of them rode down to meet me at Hog Heaven down in Daytona. I think they were going down anyway. I don't think they, they rode down just to meet me. I like to say that. It makes me feel better. <laughs> but here we are, 26 sailors on motorcycles riding down and there's a war going on so you know i meet these guys and you know me political me nobody wanted to talk about it and i tell you nobody and i respected that because these guys they and i'm thinking about it and i'm saying oh my god they're working their job is on a ship their job is getting whatever they got to do whatever their job is it's preparing the navy to do its job. And so why do I want to engage these guys? They left Jacksonville an hour and a half ago to ride down here to get away from that. And then it occurred to me, everybody else that's down here, all these people that came here from New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, wherever they come from, you know, it's freezing cold. I've got a bunch of friends from Minnesota. It's really cold. I think someone said something like 18 below zero or something. That's nuts. But they come to get away. It's going to cost them a lot, a lot of money and time and commitment. But this is what they chose to do. They don't want to come down here and trip over someone like me who's going to start talking politics. That's what they're getting away from. The inflation, the aggravation, the COVID bullshit. The mask and the vaccines. Hey, come on. It's Mike. We're going to Daytona to get rid of all that. Forget about it for, what, a week, 10 days, whatever it's going to be. And that hit home with me. I get it. I, I, I get it. All the stuff, the inflation, the energy bullshit that this administration is, all that stuff. It's why they left home. They don't want to deal with it. And I honestly do understand it but wow we're going through a lot man again 
I'm that political guy, but I think it's important. We got to get through this. I came here. I'm having fun. I'm seeing friends. I'm going to the races, the Sons of Speed thing, and all the stuff that makes me smile. And then I'm getting out of here. I'm not staying six, eight, ten days. Three days, boom, I'm back on the road. I'm going to Panama City. I'm looking for new opportunities. I'm exploring. <laughs> I'm doing things. Because, yes, life goes on. And from my head, I got to be prepared for it. I got to prepare for whatever the next adventure is going to be. And we want to survive it. I was happy to see, <laughs> yeah, no politics, but a lot of gold Brandon hats and shirts and signs, a lot of FJB stuff, fuck Joe Biden stuff. There was all over the place. And there were Trump flags. So it was good to see that, but it didn't want to carry over as a topic of conversation. People wanted to talk about motorcycles. People wanted to talk about the new Harleys. Back at the ranch, the guy's responsible for what's going on, the dealership. I spoke to Terry from, I mean, I've known this guy from Sturgis forever. What a great guy. And now he's setting up the whole thing for Daytona Harley Davidson and handling all the vendors. And, and I was talking to him and he was saying, yeah, it's crazy. Normally they get, yeah, 80, 90 vendors and they, they have room for a lot more. Not this year. They have no more room. Of course, they got almost 150 vendors. That's crazy. They're out of space, out of room. Everybody is down here. And that's a good thing. People are, they're doing business. This is the industry. It's not just the bike. It's not just the lifestyle. So it's really encouraging to me to see that people are working and they're working hard. But yeah, we're here having fun. And for me, not being in the industry right now, I'm not staying the whole time, but still just the three or four days that I'm here, it's fun and it's rewarding to see everybody that is here. It's a great lifestyle. It's some great people and it's American people, patriotic people, people that love this country. When you talk about bike week, the race itself, yeah, people coming on all kinds of bikes and I'm a throwback. Okay, I'm going to say it just like it is. I like to be around American-made motorcycles, and most of that is Harley-Davidson. Now, I'd say that 99% of that was Harley-Davidson until Polaris bought India. You know, there were a few other iterations. India went out of business in 1953, but people bought the name and tried to bring it back, and, and now Polaris did. I still don't think they're 10%. That could be wrong, but I'm rooting for them. It's an American brand, and there's something very American about the, the biker lifestyle. Now, I know I got people I talk to on Twitter and Instagram who are on the other side of the aisle, but not that many. Most bikers, and again, the definition of bike is riding an American-made motorcycle, an American motorcycle. So I'm in company I like keeping, and it's just really good to be here. I'm shocked. That nobody, we, you know, the people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, nobody's complaining about the prices. Four, five hundred bucks a night. Nobody's bitching. Not just the hotel rooms, the cost of food and the drinks and 
everything is way up there. Everybody's partying hard. I was at the Broken Spoke. They, they got the great band, Hairball, playing. Uh, they got some other great stuff, too. They really do. And there's a lot of bars and clubs out there on, on US 1 and downtown. Broken Spoke is my favorite because Jay Allen is there. And he's just the coolest man. He's, he's awesome. He engineers and puts together all the entertainment and the whole program. And it's just a blast. They bring veterans on the stage. It makes you feel good about being an American. Every minute you're here, there isn't anybody here that's, you know, doing that Democrat party thing that we're all racist. It's a racist country. We got, you don't hear that. You don't talk. And so people, they don't want to talk about it because it's not necessary. You know, almost all the people here agree with each other. <laughs> I think that's, that's a really good thing. I think the question is, what is the answer to this riddle called Russia? We've had a tough year, especially if you're a conservative. Biden getting in there and the Senate and the Congress. You got Pelosi, you know, the Speaker of the House. Oh, my God, that's horrible. And then Chuck Schumer is the leader in the Senate. That's horrible. Doesn't seem as bad as Pelosi. He's not as loud, but he's pretty damn left wing. And so it's hard. And then this war explodes. Now, I think everybody. In my opinion, each of us, we can't just sit back and wait. What I'm hearing from all my friends and, and people that I know, mostly back in San Diego and wherever I go in my normal life, not to bike week, things like that, but in my every day-to-day -day thing, I keep on hearing say, where are the Republicans? Why don't they do something? Listen, I'd like to see them do more too, but the Democrats are in charge, folks. They got the media, all the PR, the public relations. They've got it all. And they're running the show. Elections have consequences. I hate to remind everybody, and I'm not going to point fingers. You know, we need more votes. We do need more votes. We need more people to vote. We need the whole ball game. But if you're like me and you believe that this election was stolen and rigged. I can just see the guys on the other side. Oh my God, there he goes again. Oh, the election was stolen. Oh, the, yes, that's my belief. Why is it that when we say the election was stolen, it's like we commit a crime. Stacey Abrams lost her election, what, four years ago now? She's still bitching about it, still saying it was fixed. And the Democrats are fine. They're fine with Stacey Abrams saying it was fixed because she lost. But it's not fine with Donald Trump or me or any of us to say the same thing. It's not a double standard. No, I'm sorry. It's absolute hypocrisy. <laughs> Plain and simple. And total hypocrisy. That's always the case with the left. Democrats are hypocrites. Period. The end. And I know I got my Democrat friends out there listening. And, but come on, will you? How do you? Joe Biden, seriously? Are you still going to defend him? Yesterday, they say, what can you do about the gasoline prices and going so on? He says, nothing I could do. It's, it's all the Russians. No, it's not. Don't lie. Jen Psaki, I used to defend her. 
Biden says she's got the toughest job in the world, and she does a great job of covering for Biden and being his press secretary. But you can't forgive people who are just blatantly lying forever and say, yes, it's a tough job. And she handles it well. But when she crosses the line and lies and answers Peter Ducey's questions with sarcasm and being condescending and saying, there's 9,000 leases out there, when she knows there was 40,000 the year before, she knows those leases are dry holes, pretty much, and people have given up on them. She knows that the people are betting on the futures. When he cuts down, she says the pipeline wasn't going to have any gas pumped through it for two years anyway. So cutting the pipeline didn't do anything. Yes, it did. We live in our heads. It's a mindset. And when people know that the Keystone Pipeline and it's coming online a year or two years or whatever. It shows the intent of the government to keep embracing fossil fuels. Now, maybe it'll be replaced. Maybe there'll be enough electric vehicles and, and battery life and all the other things that go with it. And there probably will be in time. But until we get there, fossil fuels rules. That's just the way it is, unless you're a Democrat. And then, even if you're a Democrat, Come on, don't you think the radical left, the squad and whoever else is on that radical left are dictating the terms we all live in, in America? I know that elections have consequences and it's majority rule and, and all that, but I don't think the majority wants to see the Keystone Pipeline shut down. If you're going to shut down a pipeline here and approve the pipeline over there, the Nord Stream 2, you're producing the same amount of carbon to whatever it is you're claiming about. So you cut it down here, but you're not cutting it down there. So what are you really accomplishing except hurting America? And when you give a signal to the American people and you're saying, yep, we're anti-fossil fuel energy. We're going to be against it at every turn. Don't even try. People aren't going to invest in the stocks. The companies don't have the money to drill. And not only that, but why would they take a chance on opening up new homes and looking for gas? It's expensive. And then the government could come down with some other regulation and you're out of business. By the way, the rules, the regulations, they're expensive and difficult and they're hard to navigate. And they get very expensive as well. And this administration has just made it that much more difficult. Their goal is clearly to replace engines based on fossil fuel with electric. Buttigieg, don't even ring up his name because I have, not only don't I have anything good to say, this guy's a total disaster. I can't even believe that Biden gave him that job. The man's is just a fool. And he says, if you can't find gas or the price is too high, buy an electric car. You know, that's a $50,000 deal, buddy. And then you got to put up with the charging and the battery life. If your battery goes out, how those batteries ain't cheap. It's not just foolish and hypocritical and condescending. But there's something about the Democrat Party saying that they're for the working men and women in the country. They kind of like like to design themselves as, as that, the union people. But when you make stupid 
statements, just go out and buy an electric vehicle. That's just wrong. And it seemed to me it would hurt that middle class, middle income, average American, especially blue collar workers. It's like, what do I do? So there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here. There's a lot of things that just aren't working with this administration. I sure hope that people see that when this man blames it on Putin. Don't blame me, blame Putin. Putin is not the president of the United States. He's the president of whatever he is of Russia. Why would I blame him? Because he started a war? Because he's a nut job? He didn't start that war. You know, he did the same thing on, under the Obama administration. He went into the Crimea. He went into Georgia under the Bush administration. He didn't go anyplace under the Trump administration. Oh, you're going to say that's a coincidence, right? No, I don't think so. And now, especially after the debacle in Afghanistan, he's just pushing his way around wherever he wants. And so here he is going into the Ukraine and doing what he's doing. And that's raising the price of gas? I don't think so. Now, Russia is a big exporter. Because they sell gas. That's what they so excited about Nord Stream 2. By the way, they've had Nord Stream 1, which pumps all that gas into Germany, but they've used up the capacity, which is why they want Nord Stream 2. So Trump stopped it. You know, everybody's saying, oh, Trump, you know, so friendly with Putin. Maybe he got along with Putin because there was mutual respect. I don't think Putin has any respect for Joe Biden at all, let alone the Saudi Arabia and these other. They, they haven't even returned Biden's phone calls. He wanted to go visit them to beg for oil. This is just stupid. He's you know, everybody knows what's going on, but nobody seems to really care enough because if, if they did, it would be it has to be the Democrats. They are in charge. And it's time to do something. You've got to see that you have, we have feckless leadership from this White House. Not just Biden, but Biden-Harris. You should be embarrassed. That's just the way. And you should know it and admit it. Step up, be honest, appoint somebody else, do something. We're in trouble here. But let me go into what I think is the real issue. What's your opinion? on the Ukraine-Russian situation. Do you have one? We need information to form opinions. Some comes from what we see. We see it on television and all that, but much of it is from the interpretations that we get from the media. Yeah, whether it's the editorials in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, your local newspapers, the articles, when you see some of the quote-unquote war correspondence, boy, these guys are doing the job, men and women. And it's scary. Here we have a situation, Ukraine. And by the way, the other, well, it, it's all the same thing. It's all part of the same question. And the question I have is, you need to get the information to make these decisions. But when you cannot trust the info, when you can't trust the people who are making the interpretations, you don't know which ones to trust 
which ones have an agenda. Because the media, the media has an agenda. They are left-wing Democrats and their agenda. And it's all the media. Stephen King, the writer, the one who writes the crazy articles. My God, the things that he says about Trump. You'd, you'd think Trump was a monster. Like, he seems to be confusing Trump with Putin. That seems to be what's going on. It's just the vehemence that, my God, how much the people that hate Trump hate him. Now, look, I could say all I want about Biden. He is feckless. He is a little bit on the moronic side. His family, you know, the Hunter Biden thing and all that, they're crooks. You're talking about crooked Hillary. How about <laughs> crooked Biden? It's just, okay. But I don't hate the guy. I don't hate him. I don't have this, you know, like, oh, you're going to tear him apart. I'm not going to stoop to that level. But we know he's bad for the country. His policies are bad. He's feeble. i got to make a decision. But me, I mean, I'm on this stuff like white on rice. And I'm having trouble because I have friends that tell me all these things about Ukraine. That it's a nation of Nazis. And that it's corrupt. And they have these bio labs. And I'm going... Okay, where do I read the truth? So they have bio labs. Everybody has bio labs. Nazis, what? Is it a big percentage? I guess there's the Asaf Brigade that was formed in 2014 when Russia was again attacking them and overtook the Crimea. But they formed this Asaf Brigade, and people say that it consisted of a whole bunch of. Nazis or neo-Nazis or whatever. I find it hard to believe that there's a significant percentage at all of the Ukrainian people who are Nazis and certainly of the Ukrainian military who are Nazis. I haven't seen proof of it. And then when I did some, you know, a deeper dive and some research into it, I see that most of it is made up stuff. It's just stuff that's been blown out of proportion. You know, it's like when Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense, is going out there and uh, Mark Milley, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they're saying they're going to do what they got to do to see that they, what well, I don't know what the right wording is, they wipe out white supremacy in the military. There's no room for this in the military. Uh, you really think our military is, quote unquote, infected with white supremacist. There's a lot of racist, white, black, and every other color. People who are racist about being black, I think there's just as many of those as there are racist about being white. I, I don't think it's nearly as prevalent as people make it out to be. And we're talking about people at the top. I think it's the same thing with that Nazi thing. I've been trying to read up and get some information on it, but it's hard. You got to do quote unquote research. Who has time for that? As far as the corruption is concerned, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Look no further than Congress. You want to see corruption? Corruption is everywhere. If nobody's got the market cornered on corruption. Every country, every government. Corruption is universal. Now, are there places that are more corrupt than others? I think yes, 
And they also think that's perspective as well. So I look at this and I'm trying to understand why my friends, people that should know, not all my friends, just you know, a small little you know, a minority, really feel like maybe Putin has a point. And I go, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I'm looking for some information to discount what they're saying. But they say that, you know, would we want to have so-and-so on our border? He's so intimidated by the U.S. on his border and, and NATO and, and NATO countries. And as long as that Ukraine swears off NATO, we're not going into NATO. That's all he wants. Well, I don't think that's what he wants. I think what he wants is to reconstitute the Soviet Union. I try to read newspapers. Magazines. I read The Economist, different things. I, I get the Epoch Times, which is great. And I, I'm trying to read some things and haven't come to an understanding. And it's confusing because as much as I don't believe the left, whether it's the New York Times or the Washington Post, I read them because, and they do influence me. I tell myself, oh, come on. The New York Times says that it's bullshit. That it's propaganda, and I know it, and yet it makes me stutter and stop. And my God, am I wrong? Am I right? We need the information. We need honest information. That's what the press is supposed to do. Sure, they're Democrats and Republicans and conservatives and liberals. That's fine. But they need to separate themselves from their idealistic whatever when their reporters is supposed to be reporting us the truth. Just the facts, ma'am. Just give us the information. We report, you decide. Now, I'm one of the few people that think that Fox actually does that. There's a lot of people backing away from Fox News, but I'm not one of them. I like Fox News. There are people on there that I don't agree with. I'm not going to say I don't like them. I don't know them, but I don't agree with. You know, Juan Williams is certainly one of them. So is Geraldo Rivera. There's people I, I would rather not even see on Fox News. But they're there. It's a, so what? I think Tucker Carlson's a nut job. But I, I believe some of his stuff, not all of his stuff. The one thing about Tucker Carlson, he makes me fact check. He does. He makes me go, wait a minute. Let me check this out. And in some cases, he's wrong. In some cases, he's right. But he's entitled to his opinion. He's just not entitled to say it's facts. Do we not want to be there? Do we not want to give Ukraine some relief from the skies? I think that's exactly what we should be doing. But we're not given anybody any free fly zones because we're scared of Vladimir Putin and his threats. And it's prudent. I get it. We don't want this guy blowing up a nuclear warhead someplace, especially in America. But are we going to allow ourselves being pushed around by threats? I don't want to be in a nuclear war any more than anybody else is. I don't think Putin wants that either. 
I think it scares him to death as well. We'll put some bombs in Russia. We'll, we can reach them just as easy as they can reach us. It's just that they have less to lose because their ownership comes from their membership in the Communist Party. Our ownership comes from what we own individually and collectively. Their threats should not intimidate us. They should piss us off. And we should have a president goes back, points his finger, goes, oh, yeah? Go ahead. Let's see what happens next. I'd be all up for that. Wouldn't you? Stand up to the bullies. Standing up to the bullies is how you beat them. Because literally, you give them a finger, they're going to take the whole hand. They get the hand, they're going to go for the arm. That's who they are. And we need to treat them as such. We can't, in my opinion, again, it's just my opinion. I think if we just went over there and gave them a free flight zone and cleared the air over Ukraine, but at the very least, I don't think Putin would be, by the way, is it, you don't think he's influenced in some respect by the country of Russia? It's 140 something million people there. I don't think that somebody, even a Putin, can just go out willy-nilly. Now, he's done some things, but mass killing, blowing off a nuclear warhead, I've got to believe there's checks and balances at that level. I've got to believe the Russian people and the Russian government have some control over what, what Putin does. I don't think he just goes off by himself. Look, the Russian people aren't happy about what he's doing in Ukraine. They're losing their kids. Some of these says as many as 5,000 Russians have died. If, even if it's just 1,000, that's a lot of lives. That's 1,000 mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, cousins. You, you think that we have the market cornered on failing badly for our dead and those who've lost so much over in Vietnam? We, we don't have that market cornered. That's open. And I think the, the Russian people, they don't know everything. Putin isn't as transparent. Not that Biden is, don't get me wrong, but it's a, a lot better than Putin. And I think the Russian people are somewhat in the dark. They don't know the extent to which their soldiers are going down and shooting, killing innocent civilians. They just don't know. And as they find out their kids' experience here, these kids, they're right home. They tell them what's going on. The families have insight into the war, the Russian people, they're not any different than American people. They don't want to murder people. They don't want to be guilty of genocide. This is not what they want for them or for their children to have to live through and grow up with. Now, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be the, the perpetrator than the victim. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's worse, but it's horrible. And living with that kind of guilt, it lowers your self-esteem. And then it's not something the Russian people want. And I don't think that Vladimir Putin is just going to do that in a one-time shot. Because I think he knows from the reaction he's getting right now that if he takes that step, that's just not a little baby step. That's a giant leap. And if he does that, I think he knows he's going to pay a big price.
and I don't think he's going to do it. And I, I think he's going to have to, you know, readjust his sights as far as the goal he had set for himself. And he's got to recognize now that, yeah, his army did not perform that well. The Ukrainians are motivated, and they're motivated to keep their country together. Uh, it's not something that Putin saw going into this. And as he sees it now, and people are saying, you know, oh, he's going to double down. They're giving him all kinds of, like, powers. He's not super Putin. He's just a plain Putin. And he's made mistakes. And if we could give the Ukrainian people in the no-fly zones, or at least help facilitate getting them all these MiGs from Poland and wherever else they can get them from so they can take care of the air themselves. These people confidently step up and say, we're going to win this war. These Russians are going to lose. Now, the, the odds are against them when you look at it from you know afar. But when you hear them talking and see this sincerity, the real belief that they're going to do it. They know it's going to be hardship after hardship, but they're confident and they're going to do it. And yeah, we gave it, listen, it was great, the sanctions and all that, but it's not enough. It's not slowing Putin down. Now, maybe if at the same time we stop buying their oil, we start producing our own oil, and we don't have to bring it out of the ground next week. We have to do it. We have to say we're going to do it, make a commitment to it, and an absolute binding commitment that can't be overturned on the whim of the next president. This is something that has got to be indelible, that we're going to produce fuel. We're going to maximize the capacity. Our goal is to become energy independent again. Then the government's got to be fully behind that. And when that happens, that's going to be enough to turn things around. Sure, it may take a year or, or maybe even a little more than a year to get those gas pumps filled up the right way, to get things going. And the cost will be a little higher. You know, when you shut things down and restart them, there's a cost to that. So it's going to be a little higher, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to set us apart. And keep us out of that circle that Putin seems to feel some control over. And I think with Biden there, that's pretty much how he felt about the United States. He felt that he had some control over us because he could say, hey, I'm firing up my nuclear people. I'm getting them ready. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden canceled a nuclear you know, test. That was planned for over two years now. And he said, oh, he doesn't want to shake up Putin. Come on. How much can you get on your knees in front of our adversaries and our enemies? You can't do that. That's not who we are. We're stronger than that. We're bigger than that. We're tougher than that. This is the United States of America. And by the way, to all my Republican friends out there, you know, who say, and I say, elections have consequences. It's really not a good thing just to sit there, twiddle your thumbs away for the next election. You could send letters. You could organize groups of people. You could make phone calls. You could make emails. You could 
you could put this administration on notice and get them to change now. And yeah, it would help them in the next election. Maybe they'll be less disgusted with their whole agenda and what they've done. Maybe there'll be a little more acceptance. Maybe the desperate Democrats that might have thrown them out and maybe not go to the polls, maybe if he turns things around a little bit, but so what? We're Americans. We want the best for America. And if that means that Joe Biden is going to gain an advantage by doing what we've been asking him, that's fine. Because it means that the United States will be in a little bit of position. So I'm all for him doing it. I just have no faith in the guy. And believe me, I wish I did have some faith in him. We're at war. World War Three is upon us. Is it going to stay a cold war? It's a cold war for us. It's not a cold war for the Ukrainians. And what do you think the Polish thinking right now? Because when he goes into Ukraine, if he fully gets in there, Poland's next. There's no question about that. Poland, Latvia, Estonia. He's going to put back the Soviet Union. That's his goal. Do I think he'll do it? No, I don't. But I think he's going to try. He is trying. He's clearly trying. It's, yeah, it's clear that this is what he wants to do. It's clear his goal is to bring back the Soviet Union, totally, as much of it as he can. That's his legacy. I don't know, if you think about it, if he comes in, takes over Ukraine, what is his thought process about controlling it? These people are fierce fighters. They're not going to roll over. Not now, certainly not if they win, and certainly not... If they lose, they'll keep on fighting, ongoing. He's going to have to keep a large contingent of his military there. Now, of course, he'll have access to the Black Sea. I mean, there's, there's a lot of valid reasons why the Russians have always fought to the warm water port, which they don't have. But i got to believe that he might be starting to realize that conquering or taking over or whatever the word is with the Ukraine, has got its downside. And that downside is there. And it's not going away. It's, it's going to be a problem. And he may be looking at it as better off, making the best deal he can now. Yeah, people are condemning him. There's war crimes. But it's going to get a lot worse if this is prolonged. So what do we do about it? If we had a sane leader, a president, that had some control, I don't know what Biden would do if he was in control. I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to know. But you would think he'd start drilling oil. You would think that there's a bunch of people in the Democrat Party that aren't the left-wing, you know, crazies in the, the squad that would say, hey, let's open up the pipelines. It's not so bad. Let's open up the Anwar up there in Alaska, and let's start drilling. It's good, it's profitable, and it's not going to take away the development, the profitability, or the timeline of the electric car. If Elon Musk could get out there and call for us to do that, when 
you know, not doing that is making them money. And by doing that, it's going to cost them money. But if Elon Musk can say, hey, we'll put a hold on doing anything with electric vehicles for a while. We're not talking about years. He's talking about a few months, maybe six months. And if that long, even if you have to curtail it even for a day or an hour, which I don't think you do. But it's frustrating to watch this administration. Blinken, Blinken seems like a nice guy. He's not getting very far. <laughs> no, he's not. And I think that when you look at guys like Schumer spreading the lies that he's spreading, you look at the other people in that Democrat Party spreading the lies. They've said things like Trump held back the military equipment from Ukraine until Zelensky went after Biden. That's what the impeachment was all about. It's just total bullshit. It just, it didn't happen that way. He got Zelensky's attention. He saw what was going on with Hunter Biden and whatever the name of that company was, Barista, that he was getting paid $83,000 a month. He had no knowledge of the industry, the country, or anything else. And it was just peddling Biden's interest when Biden was vice president. It was clear to everybody. So he said, okay, hold it. Hey, listen, I'm holding back the approval on the, and then he held it back for a week. And then he gave them everything they needed, everything they needed, what they're using right now. Trump gave them. What did Biden and Obama give them when they were being invaded by Russia in 04 when Russia went in and took over the Crimea. Well, Obama, Biden gave the Ukrainians blankets and MREs. Remember that. Blankets and meals ready to eat. That's it. We're giving them what they need. We're giving them real weapons. And hopefully now the Biden administration is doing that as well because they need it. So I started this segment talking about getting the right information and the fact that we can't depend on the media because the media is so skewered to the left. They'll say anything and everything good about the left and the left's agenda and just the opposite about the right. There's very little time that the media is going to say anything good about the right wing of the Republican Party, anything at all. Whether it's Trump or not Trump, whoever it is, they're not going to say anything good about the Republican, and they're not going to say anything bad about the Democrat. That is not giving the American people, you and me, the information we need to make an intelligent decision. And by now, because this has been going on for a long time, by now, we're paying the price. I'm not going to offer a way to remedy that, what Putin just did in Russia. If you say anything against what the Russian government is doing, the blasphemy. Can you even imagine that? You get 15 years in jail. So the United States, we're a free country. We believe in freedom of speech. We really do. Freedom of speech, freedom to speak your mind, say your truth, what you believe is truth. As long as you're not, you know, yelling fire in a crowded movie theater where there is no fire, you're fine. 
and keep it up. Keep telling the truth. You know, just march on and we'll be fine. But we need the truth from the media. We need an honest media, an objective media, so that we could make intelligent decisions. And I think that if there's a reset, no, it's not with Russia or NATO. No, we need a reset with our media because it's a critical component of the success of this experiment called the United States of America. Listen, I'm rolling home tomorrow. It's been great to be here in Bike Week. I wish I could have stayed. I wish I could have stayed another week, but got to get back. Got things to do, places to go, people to see. And uh, we'll be back on Roll Right Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Thanks for describing. I'm New York Mike, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.